three lessons from the implosion of Bill Hybels in Willow Creek Church. That is the topic we'll discuss today right here on the Christian Worldview Radio program, where the mission is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news that all people can be reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm David Wheaton, the host of the program, and our website is thechristianworldview.org. Well, uh, we appreciate your joining us today on The Christian Worldview as we receive this week news of new revelations coming out of Willow Creek Church in Chicago and uh, with regard to its former senior pastor and founder, Bill Hybels. And you'd have to say the implosion is now complete for both of them, for Bill Hybels and for Willow Creek Church. This is the highly influential megachurch in Chicago that Hybels founded and led for four decades. However, the consequences of this implosion will be felt by those involved, and I think the evangelical church at large, for years to come. This week, the entire board and the two lead pastors who had just come into their positions about a year ago announced that they are resigning, all resigning, as new allegations came out regarding Heibel's extramarital relationships. Now, meanwhile, in the midst of all this, the Global Leadership Summit, which is hosted at um, Willow Creek, it's an it's a annual church leadership conference, uh, which reaches nearly half a million people worldwide, just took place on Thursday and Friday of this, this past week. No doubt, in the midst of all this, the world is saying, hey, the show must go on. There's, there's money to be made here, influence to be had, and notoriety to be attained. Now, in the last 30 years, there has been no greater influence than Bill Hybels in Willow Creek Church on evangelical churches worldwide. So today in the program, we're going to ask the question, what are some lessons Christians should be taking away from this implosion? What should the church and what should we as individual Christians be learning and applying? Now, just as some little background to this story, uh, Christianity Today had a timeline, just a brief timeline of what has taken place. In March 22nd of this year, 2018, Bill Hybels was accused of sexual misconduct by a former Willow Creek, by former Willow Creek leaders in the church. They had heard from some people within the church that there were some wrong things going on, and they brought it forward. On April 10th, after some investigations, Bill Hybels resigns from Willow Creek Church. He was supposed to retire later this year. Uh, and these two lead pastors, one male, one female, were to be were to take over. They were already uh, working there and in, in place. But Bill Hybels re- re- resigned on April 10th. Eleven days later, on uh, April 21st, Willow Creek promised an investigation uh, amid new allegations against Bill Hybels. And then fast forward to August now, August 5th, just several days ago, Hybels uh, heir, uh, who one of the co-pastors who had succeeded him due to his early retirement, early resigning, he quit Willow Creek as new accusations arise before the Global Leadership Summit. And then on August 8th, this was just on Wednesday now, Willow Creek elders and pastor Heather Larson, the other co-pastor, resigned uh, over Bill Hybels. 
Uh, and then on the 9th and the 10th, the Thursday and Friday, the Global Leadership Summit still took place at Willow Creek. I mean, you can imagine what kind of week this has been for the, the folks down at Willow Creek Church, all this taking place at, at one time. And today is August 11th. So this is all very, very recent. And Religion News Service, their uh, website put out an article on what is going on. I'm going to read several paragraphs of that to just give you some background on all that's been taking place. And again, the context here is, and if you don't know much about Willow Creek, this is the church that has influenced hundreds, if not thousands of churches around the country and around the world as to, quote-unquote, the best practices and how to grow a a church. This is the guy, Bill Hybels, who has founded and led this, this movement, the Global Leadership Summit Conference, I think the largest of its kind anywhere in the world on church leadership. And this all took place. This has been taking place here, coming to a head here this this past week. So Religion News Services writes about this. Willow Creek Leadership Summit goes on despite mass resignations. The Global Leadership Summit at Willow Creek Community Church began Thursday morning by addressing the elephant in the room. Its opening speaker was not the event's accustomed headliner for the past 26 years, found church founder Bill Hybels. Instead, Craig Groeschel, senior pastor at Life Church, which meets across the country and online, talk more about that later, opened the conference. He began by talking about why he had not backed out of his speaker slot despite a still unfolding sexual harassment scandal that forced Hybels to step down from Willow Creek and that just 12 hours before the summit's start prompted the mass resignation of the church's board of elders and its lead pastor. The leadership summit has long showcased Willow Creek's success and the man who engineered its growth from a neighborhood house church to a 13,000-member multi-campus behemoth. Heibel's conversational preaching, sharp marketing sense, and charisma— made the summit popular beyond those interested in copying his church-building methods. Past speakers have included former President Bill Clinton and the U2 rocker Bono. But in April, Heibel stepped down months ahead of his planned retirement. After a Chicago Tribune investigation revealed allegations against him of inappropriate behavior with women. I like the word inappropriate. They always use that instead of sinful or wrong behavior. Four speakers, including actor Denzel Washington, pulled out of this year's summit, and more than 100 sites planning to simulcast the event reportedly canceled. The weekend before the summit began, lead teaching pastor Steve Carter resigned, citing differences with the church over how it handled the allegations. In other words, there's, again, two two pastors, one male, one female, replaced Bill Hybels when he announced his retirement last year. Then he had to resign early over these allegations. Three days later, the other lead pastor, Heather Larson, and one of Willow Creek's nine elders stood at a family meeting of the congregation to announce Larson and the entire elder board, entire elder board, were stepping down to give the church a, quote, fresh start after new allegations had been made against Hybels. The summit will go out, go out to countries around the world next month, and organizers said overall attendance is expected to jump to nearly 500,000 people up from last year. If if you live in the United States, if you're listening in America today, and you go to a evangelical, you know, somewhat large evangelical church, even a small evangelical church, it's very likely that your church 
has been influenced from in a small way or maybe in many big ways by Bill Hybels and uh, Willow Creek Church in the Global Leadership Summit. Several Chicago area attendees said they were aware of the allegations against Hybels before they came to the summit. Andrew Smith, who grew up attending Willow Creek, came to the summit Thursday for the second time to, quote, drink up all the different information that I can find that I can from all these great leaders, unquote, and applied it to his work as a financial advisor in Chicago. Smith knew about the allegations against Hybels, but he said he was comfortable with the speakers who were there, including Bishop T.D. Jakes of the Potter's House. More on him later. Krista Stiefel of Illinois came with her dad for the sixth year. In the past, Stiefel has hosted a monthly group afterward to discuss discuss each session in detail of the Global Leadership Summit. The uh, Herald Tribune in Chicago also reported that the allegations previously had been investigated by Willow Creek's elders in an outside law firm and that Hybels was cleared of wrongdoing. Hybels has denied all allegations, but now new ones have come out. Missy Rasmussen, who has been an elder at Willow Creek for seven years, again, another issue to discuss later, female women on the elder board, now could see that investigation was, quote, flawed. She apologized for its mishandling of allegations to all the women who have come forward, including former Willow Creek staff members. Quote, while we will probably never know with certainty everything that's true about each of your stories, talking to the women, we have no reason to not believe any of you. We are sorry that our initial statement was so insensitive, defensive, and reflexively protective of Bill Hybels, Rasmussen said. We exhort Bill to acknowledge his sin and publicly apologize. Uh, another person involved in the church, I think uh, DeVries, I think it's Tim or Tom, I can't remember his first name, didn't include it here. We've had missteps, mistakes, slip-ups, blunders, not condemning Bill's actions to a greater degree and more publicly, not showing more support to the women who courageously came forward with their concerns, perpetuating a narrative of false allegations and collusions. We are sorry for the places we could and should have done better, DeVries said, in Thursday's opening session at the summit, Craig Rochelle made that message the unofficial theme of the summit. We must stop making excuses, he said, and we must make things right. So that just gives you some background on what has been taking place at Willow Creek Church and their Global Leadership Summit, which took place just the last two days. So our question today is, what are some lessons to be learned from this implosion of Bill Hybels in Willow Creek Church. Again, the most influential church leader in America, at least, maybe even worldwide, in the last 30 to 40 years. Uh, You could say Rick Warren, maybe, with his book, The Purpose Driven Life, but not to the level of Bill Hybels and how Bill Hybels and Willow Creek were influencing churches and how the structure and organization and how to, quote, do church. We'll read more on that coming up on how he did this. So what are some of the lessons to be learned from the implosion of Bill Hybels and Willow Creek Church? And this is the, we're going to open up the phone lines today in the, the third segment and talk and get your feedback on what lessons should be learned from this, this major fall of Willow Creek Church and Bill Hybels. And the first lesson that I think is important for all of us to learn is to, number one, examine your own life in church, that you're not next. In other words, as 1 Corinthians 10 says, let him who thinks he stand take heed that he does not fall. Now, 
first of all, we're, we're assuming these allegations have, have truth to them. And I think you can probably say there's some truth to them, considering that Bill Hybels, the entire board of elders, and the two co-lead pastors have resigned. So there must be some truth to them. But we're just assuming that on the program that I'm willing to be corrected. If Bill Hybels did nothing wrong, I will make a correction down the road. But it seems as though with the church and the investigations they've had that there's a lot of fire here and not just smoke. Secondly, this is not a hit-him-when-they're-down attack on Hybels. He's not the first pastor, and he's not the last pastor who has had extramarital uh, uh, relationships. Uh, Just earlier this year, we had someone on this program, actually didn't have him on the program, but we played sound bites from his particular message at the Shepherds Conference. His name was Pastor Art Azurdia. He's preached at seminaries and other places around the country, been in ministry for many, many years, and it just came out about a month ago that he was involved in a similar similar thing, extramarital relationships, resigned or, or let go, disqualified from ministry. So this isn't the first and this isn't the last, and that's really uh, not, the, not the point of this is to hit Hybels when he's down. Not at all. You know, what, he, what he did happens far too often that it's not totally surprising, but that doesn't mean he should be excused either. And we should just say, well, everyone's a sinner. You know, this happens too often. We'll just let it go and move on. By biblical standards, he's disqualified from being a pastor. A pastor must be above reproach, 1 Timothy 3. When we come back, we'll get more into the lessons learned from the implosion of Bill Hybels in Willow Creek Church. The first one is to examine your own life in church, that you're not next. More coming up on The Christian Worldview after this. David Wheaton here, inviting you to the Christian Worldview Golf and Dinner event on Monday, September 17th at Woodhill Country Club in Wyzetta, Minnesota. The Golf and Dinner event is actually two events in one. Golf registration includes lunch, golf, cart, and the dinner event, and the chance to win the 2018 Chevy Equinox Hole-in-One prize. Dinner-only attendees will enjoy a late afternoon meet and greet on the lawn, followed by a wonderful meal, special radio interview, and worldview message. Again, the event is on Monday, September 17th at Historic Woodhill Country Club. Please register early as space is limited. Registration deadline is Tuesday, September 4th. To find out more and register, go to thechristianworldview.org or call 952-474-2200. That's 952-474-2200 or thechristianworldview.org. Three lessons from the implosion of Bill Hybels and Willow Creek Church with the news that just came out this week that there are new allegations against pastor, founder of Willow Creek Church, Bill Hybels. He's already resigned earlier this year, but now the entire board of Willow Creek and the two co-lead pastors have resigned in the midst of the Global Leadership Summit taking place just on Thursday and Friday. Uh, at Willow Creek in Chicago. And we're talking about lessons to be learned from this. And the first one is to examine your own life in church, that you're not next. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And just follow this um, this, this succession, this order here in 1 Corinthians 10, where 
where Paul writes, for I do not want you to be unaware, he's writing to the Corinthian believers, brethren, that our fathers, back in the Old Testament, were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them and the rock was Christ. In other words, they had it all. They were they were they were seeing God do miracles. God brought them out of Egypt. They were they were cloud by uh, a day and fire by night, and it was just um, they had they had all the benefits. They were they were engaged and plugged into church, if you will. But look at verse five. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. Now these things happen as examples for this so that we would not crave evil things as they also craved. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play, nor let us act immorally, as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in one day. Nor let us try the Lord, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the serpents. Nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things, in other words, they had it all, they had it all, but they went the wrong direction. Don't do that, it's basically saying here. Now, these things happen to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Now, here's verse 12, 1 Corinthians 10. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. Okay? No matter how long you have been a Christian, the second you think that you are beyond something like this happening to you, you've just taken the first step to something like this happening to you. You need to realize, we need to realize, I need to realize my own weaknesses, my own sinful tendencies, the fact that I'm weak if I'm not being strengthened in the Lord and by a spirit and in the word. And look at verse 13 says, it's the encouragement comes, no temptation has overtaken you, In case you don't think you can stand through this kind of thing, it says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. I think sometimes we think, you know, this this happens so frequently that if someone like Bill Hybels or some other pastor who gets involved, and these these people are quote-unquote men of God, right? They're leading global leadership summits on how to run your church. If this is happening to them, I mean, how could I possibly be able to overcome this kind of thing? Well, you can. It just says there in verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you. It's common, but but God is faithful, not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. He's going to provide a way of escape for you, and that was the problem here. Bill Hybels and any, any of us when we sin, we don't take the escape routes that God is offering us when we are heading into sin. So examine your own life and ensure that you're not next. By biblical standards, as I was mentioning before the end of the first segment, Bill Hybels is disqualified and should stay so. He should not be back in ministry. A pastor must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, 1 Timothy 3. You're seeing this trend where these pastors today get involved in adultery um, a, a relationship, and then all of a sudden they kind of reappear as a pastor somewhere else. That is completely unbiblical. Because the worst parts about this is not just, you know, kind of the what happened to Willow Creek Church and, and Bill Hybels personally. The worst part about this, number one, is it brought shame to the name of Christ in the church. That, that's the absolute worst part about this. It gives 
the world a reason to look at Christ and Christians and just mock and scoff. It's like, I think what Nathan said to King David, you've given the enemies of God with your adultery or a reason to disparage God. That's the worst thing about this right there. Brought shame to the name of Christ in the church. Secondly, it brought it, it broke his wedding vows with his wife. That That's horrific. It, it hurt lots of people, including the women who were whatever happened to them. We don't fully know, but there were some sinful things going on here. It destroyed the trust of his congregation and destroyed the trust of all those who looked to Willow Creek worldwide and Bill Hybels as a, as a model for uh, the church and for how to live a Christian life. And lastly, the, another worst part of it is it ruined Bill Hybels' reputation. You know, no, no matter what you do now in life, Bill Hybels has done lots of, you know, quote-unquote, according to the world, lots of amazing things. He, we're going to read about this in a second, how he built the church from a home Bible study into the most influential church in the world. But there always will be the byline there. He had to resign in disgrace over adulterous affair, whatever. It's always going to be there. Never goes away. Ruined his reputation. So take this as a warning for each, each one of us. And then we get to Matthew 7, where it says, do not judge so that you will not be judged. Well, I'm sure there are those listening today who think, oh, well, you're just judging Bill Hybels. Really not. Like I said early on, this is not a hit and when they're down attack on, on Bill Hybels. This is a what can we learn? What should we be learning from this situation so it doesn't happen to us? Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, uh, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will uh, clearly see, uh, see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Amen to this. It doesn't, the judge not here means that we don't place ourselves in the in the place of God, as, as we're the final judge on Bill Hybels and Willow Creek Church. No, don't be critical and, and sanctimonious, even if you haven't done the same thing, because we are weak and are susceptible to doing the same thing. We should rather be praying for his repentance and those who have been hurt, praying for the church that it can, it can somehow re- rebound from the, the really poor ecclesiology that this church has been churning out for so many years. More on that later. You know, Bill Hybels has denied everything, all these allegations. It's going to be very telling to see if he repents like King David repented. Christianity Today said, we believe, this is, uh, I think, according to, again, Rasmussen, the board chair there, elder board chair, we believe that uh, Bill's sins were beyond what he previously admitted on stage. And certainly we believe that his actions with these women were sinful, she said. We believe he did not receive feedback as well as he gave it, and he resisted the accountability structures we all need. She apologized by name to Nancy Ortberg, Nancy Beach, and Vonda Dyer, as well as the other women who have made accusations against Hybels. We have no reason not to believe you. Uh, we are sorry that our initial statements were so insensitive, defensive, and re- reflexively protective of Bill. We exhort Bill to acknowledge his sin and publicly apologize, unquote. So lesson here, number one, is examine yourselves, take heed that you do not fall, take this, we, I, you, take this as a personal warning to examine your own life and whether you are crossing dangerous boundaries. Really bad sin happens by making little uh, sinful choices early on. 
crossing little boundaries that we don't think are a very big deal. And then once we've uh, uh, crossed those boundaries, get a little deeper in, then it's harder to get out. So we need to have boundaries in place, biblical boundaries in place in our own lives, as strong as they need to be to keep us from even getting anywhere near this kind of thing. So are you strengthening yourself in the Word? Are you feeding on sound preaching? Are you recognizing temptation in your life and replacing it with the Word of God as, as Christ did? Are you living an open life? Can your wife or husband know everything about you, everything on your cell phone, everything on your computer? You know, accountability partners alone will not keep you from sin. That's not even a, that's not even really a, yeah, it's hard to even say that's actually a biblical concept to have an accountability partner. It can help, but at the root of these sins is deceit. Sexual sins are deceitful at their core. People try to hide them. That is, they're all done behind closed doors, so to speak. And so you can deceive your accountability partner. So don't just think because you have an accountability partner that you can be able to overcome this. Basically, it comes down to your fear and love for God must be greater than your desire to please yourself. That's what it comes down to. You need a renewed, transformed heart to be able to overcome this. And that's a day-by-day process. What did Joseph say when he was tempted by Potiphar's wife? How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And he fled. In other words, how, I can't I can't do this because I would be sinning against God. It's, it, it was more important for Joseph in that moment. His love and fear of God was greater than his love of pleasing himself. And that's where we all need to be on this. No one is beyond succumbing to sexual sin. It is the most powerful temptation to sin. It is the only sin in Scripture that the Bible says to flee. Flee immorality. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I believe it is. That's the lesson number one, is to examine your own life in church, what's going on in your own church, that you're not next. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Okay, the second uh, lesson to be learned from the implosion of Bill Hybels in Willow Creek Church, we'll just have time to intro this, is keep your eyes focused on Jesus and God's Word and never, ever, ever, ever any person or church. This is so critical in this age of celebrity Christian leaders, famous Christian pastors that we all have and we all like to follow, that we get our eyes so focused on them that it would derail or destabilize our faith if something happened to them. It also puts them in a position that kind of makes them feel like, hey, I'm really something. And that leads them further into going into a situation like this. We'll talk more about the second point when we return to the Christian Real View right after the, I'm David Wheaton. The Bible warns repeatedly about false teachers who lead many away from the truth. Costi Hinn knows all about this, having seen the staged healings and extravagant use of donor funds while working at his uncle Benny Hinn's events around the world. Costi was saved out of this and has written an excellent book titled Defining Deception, Freeing the Church from the Mystical Miracle Movement that traces the history, false doctrines, and leaders, including the new apostolic reformation. And he's careful to not broad brush all charismatics. For a limited time, you can order Defining Deception, a 198-page softcover that retails for $16.95 without shipping for a donation of any amount to the Christian worldview. Go to thechristianworldview.org or call one 888 
646-2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. All right, welcome back to the Christian Worldview radio program. David Wheaton, your host. TheChristianWorldview.org is our website. Our topic today is three lessons from the implosion of Bill Hybels and Willow Creek Church. We're a little behind in some of the, the background lead-up to phone calls. We'll try to get to those in the last segment. Try to get us through as much as I can here. We have some sound bites and other things coming up right now. The Studio number, if you want to get in line uh, to call, is one eight seven seven six five five sixty seven fifty five. That's one eight seven seven six five five sixty seven fifty five. We'll try to get to your phone calls in the last segment today, and we're going over the lessons learned. Three of them. First one is examine your own life in church, that you're not next. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Okay, we got that one. Number two is keep your eyes focused on Jesus Christ and God's Word and never, ever any person or church. Now, Colossians 3 says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, look look where our focus should be. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. It's just Christ, 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 through three verses. That's where our focus should be. Not to say you should not learn from. We should. We should be under the preaching of a a local church, sound preaching of a local church, and a sound pastor. Absolutely. But never follow anyone. Watch your own heart that you never follow anyone to the point that if they fall, it would destabilize or derail your faith or make you so disillusion you maybe might be the best word to the faith. Now, I, I so much appreciate my the, the pastor of my own local church, but I'll just give you a couple examples of pastors that you would know that I listen to occasionally in the radio. Maybe you listen to them as well, whether it's John MacArthur or Alistair Begg. I really like both of those preachers or others I listen to as well, but I really like those two. I think they're very sound doctrinally. And they've really had a key influence in my life. But at the same rate, I try to keep it in my mind that I like them a lot. I listen to them a lot. But if either of them happened to what happened to Bill, what happened to them, what happened to Bill Hybels, I always remind myself that that could not and should not disillusion me or destabilize my faith. I don't want to put them on such a pedestal, even though they're very good and very gifted by God in preaching, to put them on a pedestal so they fell. I would fall too. Now just look at some of the books that you can see how this could take place. Because look at some of the books that Bill Hybels has written. He's been the most influential, I think, pastor in his church, has been the most influential pastor the last 30 years, let's say, in the 90s and early 2000s. Look at some of, he's written about 30 or 40 books. I didn't, I'm not going to list them all, but just look at some of these book titles in light of just what has come out. Authenticity being honest with God and others. He's either authored these or, or made a contribution to, to these. Authenticity, being honest with God and others. Character, reclaiming six endangered qualities. Another book, Fit to be Tied, making marriage last a lifetime. He wrote that with his wife. Uh, another book title, Honest to God, becoming an authentic Christian. 
Another book title, Marriage, Building Real Intimacy. Another book, Transformation, Letting God Change You from the Inside Out. Another book entitled just simply Transparency. Another book, this one really is, the title is unbelievable in light of the, the allegations, Who You Are When No One's Looking. Now, I say all that just to say that a pastor can write books about the topics that he's that he eventually falls into, and that we should not have our eyes on that person so much that it would derail our faith if they fall. Keep your eyes on Christ. Really, the most shocking aspect of this whole thing is that is not that Bill Hybels fell into sexual sin. That's not really the most shocking aspect, as we discussed earlier. That happens too frequently, unfortunately. The most shocking aspect of this is is a is a church and a ministry in the Willow Creek Association that's obsessed with with leadership in business modeled organizational structures and systems did not have a good one in place for its leader and founder that that's the shocking aspect of this they're always talking about organizational and business tactics and you know these structures and systems but apparently the founder was able to be involved sexually or in some ways harass women around him and this is what their their own people said Christianity Today, again, that article referencing, again, it's linked at our website. At tonight's Willow Creek family meeting, Elder Missy Rasmussen said she and other church leaders have been blinded, this is the point, had been blinded by their faith in their founding pastor and had failed to hold Hybels accountable. We trusted Bill, and this clouded our judgment, she said. That blindness, Rasmussen said, led to a number of missteps, including a rushed investigation when allegations that Hybels had had an affair first surfaced in 2014, church leaders did not move quickly enough to secure his devices, his cell phone and computers and so forth, or other forms of communication, she said. When the women who made the first allegations later recanted, the church just dropped the matter without a thorough review. Other allegations were met with skepticism and later defensiveness. On behalf of the elders, Rasmussen apologized for that. Our entire elder board has had to come to grips with the areas of our hearts, minds, and souls that blinded us to the pain and suffering of the women and their advocates. We ask forgiveness from God, our congregation, the women, their advocates, and who have been calling us to repent. We are sorry that we allow Bill to operate without the kind of accountability that he should have had. Our desire going forward is to retain what is good and pure about Willow, but to drive out the dark places that are unhealthy. Don't get your eyes. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus Christ and his word and never, ever any person or church. That is the second lesson. You know, you don't need more Christian books to read. You don't need more Christian conferences to go to. We all need to keep our eyes focused more on Christ and focused more on his word and less on man, on fallible man. That's the second lesson. The third lesson is this, unsound doctrine leads to unsound outcome. In other words, bad ecclesiology leads to bad fruit. Ecclesiology is the doctrine of the church, how church operates, how it's set up, who the elders and how it should how it should be run, what it should do, what the purpose of it is. Bad ecclesiology, ecclesia church, bad ecclesiology leads to bad fruit. I'm just going to read this background history on how Willow Creek got started. And you're just going to see that poor doctrine turns out to have poor outcomes. I'm not saying it led to Bill Hybels' 
sinning, but it led to the structures, I think, that led to a poor outcome. In the early 1970s, according to Wikipedia, Hybels was studying at Trinity International University when Gilbert uh, Beleskian, this is a big influencer in Hybels' life, Gilbert Beleskian. I, I, it's hard to pronounce it, Belez Zykayan. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering that, but anyway, I apologize for that. A lecturer at the school challenged the class about an Acts 2-based church. Hybels was captivated with the vision and abandoned his business aspirations for ministry. In other words, he wanted to be a businessman, and when he got a vision of the Acts 2 church, he wanted to go into ministry. 1971, this is a long time ago. Hybels, then serving as youth, youth pastor at Park Ridge's South Park Church, started a youth group with friend Dave Holmbo called Sun City. Listen to this, what they used. Modern music, dramatic skits, and multimedia were combined with Bible studies and, quote, relevant language, and the group grew from 25 to 1,200 in just three years. Right there in 1971 is the roots of the Seeker movement trying to take the, the, the elements of the world, you know, tweak up the music, turn down the lights, you know, dress a certain way, focus so much on the methodology to attract people into the group. And what they're doing is they're not, they're not, they're attracting unbelievers. They're not seeking to attract believers. The church is for believers. The church is not for unbelievers. If believers want to come, wonderful thing. But they should see such a difference and be like, what is this? This is so different from the world here in this church. The church is for believers, not unbelievers. After 300 youth waited in line to be led to Christ in a service in May 1974, Hybels and other leaders began dreaming of forming a new church. They, now you listen to this, they surveyed the community to find out why people weren't coming to church. Common answers included, quote, church is boring. They're always asking for money, or I don't like being preached down to. These answers shaped the group's approach to the new church. Again, bad ecclesiology, tailoring church after what the world wants and instead of what the Bible says leads to bad fruit. On October 12th, 1975, the group held its first service at Palatine's Willow Creek Theater. 125 people attended the service. Within two years, the church had grown to 2,000 people. By the year 2000, six services were being held each weekend for 15,000 attendees in a 352,000-square-foot building. In 2004, a new worship center was opened with a capacity of more than 7,000 people. The state-of-the-art auditorium is one of the largest theaters in the United States. It, it's really kind of a little bit of a problem when, you're, when you have a theater for a church in some ways. I know that's not probably in the Scripture, but there's kind of something that doesn't seem right by calling a church a theater. The church is currently averaging 24,000 attendees per week, making it the third largest church in America. Willow Creek Community Church has become well-known as the prototypical megachurch with contemporary worship, worship, drama, and messages focused, uh, focused toward both Christians and those exploring the Christian faith, quote-unquote, seekers or unbelievers. Willow Creek's three weekend services were more, quote, seeker-sensitive, but now have become less so since the Reveal study showed members desiring a deeper dive focused on Scripture and spiritual growth. There's a lot more we could get into that, but we won't. We'll come back, and we'll take your phone calls after this break. What are the lessons you think need to be learned from the implosion of Bill Hybels 
in Willow Creek Church. That's next on The Christian Worldview. Get ready for your summer reading with the lowest prices of the year on My Boy Ben and University of Destruction, both written by David Wheaton and owned by The Christian Worldview. Readers have been touched by My Boy Ben, a moving story about David's close companionship with a yellow lab that culminates in an encouraging message about God's grace in our most trying times. And if you know a high school or college student, you'll want to read and give them University of Destruction, your game plan for spiritual victory on campus. Take advantage of this limited-time offer with our lowest prices of the year. Both books make excellent gifts, especially when you request them signed and personalized. The My Boy Ben ebook is also available. Order online at thechristianworldview.org by phone at one 646 2233 or by mail at Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Final segment of the day here on the Christian Worldview Radio Program. This is one of those days I wish we had another half hour, hour, a lot more to get to. It's sound bites and all sorts of stuff to uh, to get to, but... Uh, don't think we're going to be able to get to it and get to some callers as well, but I do want to get to our our call callers today, and so we're going to go first to Henderson, Texas, and Rand. We're talking about lessons from the implosion of Bill Hybels and Willow Creek Church and Rand. Welcome to the Christian Worldview. What lessons can we learn from this implosion? Thank you. Uh, good subject today. David, you hit the nail on my head. If I can summarize all you've said, it'll be this. We have to do it God's way. If we don't do it God's way in the Bible way, sooner or later it will fail. Charles Spurgeon preached over 130 years ago in England that churches in his day were, 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 were leaving the faith because of uh, human effort and programs and theaters and you know, church growth. They were doing it through human effort. And he said that if it continues that way, then they would uh, implode if they didn't follow the Lord. So you mentioned women elders, women pastors. You even mentioned inviting questionable speakers into the pulpit, mm. like T.D. Jakes. Correct me if I'm mm. wrong. He does not, I thought he does not belong, uh, believe he's in a, the he's Trinity. A, he, he's a modalist. He, in other words, he doesn't believe that the Trinity is distinct and coexisting persons. He believes that there's they, it's, it's a mode. They're, they're, the, the Trinity is like a mode of divine revelation. They're not distinct persons of the yes. Trinity. That, that, that's, like, that's heresy yes. to believe that. Big mistake inviting a person like that into the Bill Hybels church. And it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, you know, church growth is really, uh, uh, in some of these churches, uh, human effort. The, the Lord said, if he wants to follow Acts chapter 2, uh, it's somewhere in the book of Acts, it says God adds to the church daily mm-hmm. those who mm-hmm. he desires, not Bill Hybels or, or anyone else, John MacArthur or, or whoever. Right. And, and so you nailed it on the head. If we don't, is, is Christians, is churches, or as nations, if we don't follow the Lord the way he prescribed it in his word, we will eventually fall. Rand, thank you very much for your call. And I wanted to get to these sound bites. I'm not going to have time to play them. I'm just going to describe them for the Global Leadership Summit. The Purpose Soundbite talked about they wanted to change their communities for Christ and change churches and leaders and so forth. And there's a very strong Christian Christ angle to it. 
then he played the promo, the other soundbite of the promo for the Global Leadership Summit 2018. There's not one mention of the name of Jesus Christ in it. And the speakers for this year's summit, which just took place the last two days, the New York Times bestselling authors, the senior vice president of Apple, a Fortune 50 greatest leaders person, uh, someone from Times 100 best influential people, a restaurateur, uh, faculty of Harvard Law School, uh, these kind of people, with a couple other uh, Christian, you know, professing Christian people like Craig Groeschel uh, mixed in, T.D. Jakes, John Maxwell, uh, the vice chairman of Morgan Stanley. You know what? These unbelievers, not all of them probably are, but most of them, I believe, are, they have nothing to say about how a church should be run. Nothing. They have no benefit to a church and how it should be run or led at all. A church conference should be hearing the Word of God preached from sound teachers. How did Jesus and the apostles lead? What does God say about the church and how it should be run? That's what these global leadership summit church conferences should be doing, not hearing from the worldly wisdom of those who are quote-unquote successful or New York Times best-selling authors. Let's go next to Marysville, Ohio. And Mark, your thoughts on the implosion of Bill Hybels and Willow Creek Church. Yeah, uh, that last caller brought up Charles Spurgeon. I'm looking at a reprint of his sermons, and they pub- they put a plaque or an emblem uh, on those books, and it said, We preach Christ and Him crucified. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. I think what people need to look for when they go to these churches, or any church, is are things missing from this church that are found in the gospel? Is there a focus on evangelism? Is there a focus on Jesus? Is there a focus on prayer? I mean, here in small-town Marysville, 10 years ago, the number one question a pastor that was starting up a new church was asked was, what's the dress code going to be? That's how dumbed down and so shallow Mm -hmm. people are. They don't even think about the fact it's supposed to be all about Jesus. He is why Christianity, Spurgeon said every page in the Bible focuses on Jesus. You know, he can preach Jesus from anywhere, and we're not. And the thing that is most appalling is when there's a famine and there's not enough food, that's a tragedy. But when there's plenty of spiritual food and people have no appetite, that's an even greater tragedy. Yeah. And that's what we've got. That, that's, that's very true. Appreciate the call. You, you mentioned evangelism as shouldn't be a priority in a church, and it should be. But let me tell you what's a bigger priority than evangelism, a much bigger priority. What, what must precede evangelism is sound doctrine. If sound doctrine doesn't precede evangelism, you'll get bad gospel presentations. You'll get excuses for evangelism that really aren't evangelism. You'll have, you know, the the the, um, the Great Commission talks about discipleship. It'll be evangelism without discipleship. See, they were all about evangelism at Willow Creek Church, ostensibly. You want to bring seekers in, we want to get people saved and so forth, but there's no depth there. There's, there's no depth of the message, then the, the, the message of the gospel gets weakened, and it's not a complete message, and then there's false converts, and it's just bad ecclesiology leads to bad outcomes. Let's go next to Oklahoma City, and Kenny, thanks for calling the Christian Realview. Your thoughts on the implosion. Thank you for your program, David. Uh, concerning Craig Rochelle, T.D. Jakes, uh, any preacher that will never, ever preach or speak against homosexuality, the transgender movement, and all of the filth and lust on television, they cannot be a true man of God. Now, what about Craig Rochelle and the others? Do they speak out against homosexuality and the other things yeah. that I mentioned? Yeah. Can I, let, me, let me just put you on hold here for a second. 
uh, to say that. I don't know much about, I know much some about T.D. Jakes and, and the, the modalist heresy he teaches and believes in. Uh, I don't know as much about Craig Groeschel. I believe we talked about him when we talked about he was partnered with Andy Stanley in the Catalyst Conference, another church leadership conference. And I believe he started his own church, Life.Church. It's sort of this internet church uh, the same way. They went around and they surveyed the neighborhood, just as Bill Hybels did, and they figured out what do people want in a church. That's the wrong way. Actually, if, if you do that, you should do just the opposite of what the world wants in the church, to do the exact opposite. But better thing to do is just go to the Bible and see what the Bible prescribes for a church. Four things, preaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Those are the four foundations of a local church that the Bible prescribes. If you have those things in place, don't worry about what the community wants. The true seekers, the true, true people who really want to be taught, believers, and those who are interested will come because they want something different than what the world is offering them. Bobby in High Point, North Carolina, sorry we can't get to your call. She wanted to talk about how men always get the blame, but we have to hold the women accountable too who are involved in this. I, I agree with that as well, so appreciate that. If you have any other feedback, you can email us at feedback at thechristianworldview.org. And thank you for joining us today in the program. You know, enough of using business practices to grow the church, enough of leadership without Christ, enough of the seeker movement tailoring the church to the world. Church leadership needs to be about hearing the word preached and how Jesus and the apostles set up the church. There's much more to say on this. Sorry we ran out of time. We live in a changing and challenging evangelical church world. But there is one thing, Christian, we can always trust in and count on. Jesus Christ and his word. They are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Until next weekend, everyone, think biblically and live accordingly. We hope today's broadcast turned your heart toward God, his word, and his son. To order a CD copy of today's program or sign up for our free weekly email or to find out how you can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, go to our website, thechristianworldview.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-646-2233. The Christian Worldview is a weekly one-hour radio program that is furnished by the Overcomer Foundation and is supported by listeners and sponsors. Request one of our current resources with your donation of any amount. Go to thechristianworldview.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-646-2233 or write to us at Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Thanks for listening to The Christian Worldview. Until next time, think biblically and live accordingly.